0: It's another fine day at Camp Dynasty. I am Counselor Austin, joined by Counselor Colin, and man, we are coming off the heels of week one of college football, so there's just a handful of
1: things to talk about this week. Just a, a small Kawhi Leonard-sized handful. of topics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a this was a big week i uh got a free trial of YouTube TV just to see how many games I could watch at once and it was a it was a tough task but i I got to see a lot of guys this weekend
0: so I've heard rumblings that there is an octo box coming to youtube TV Ooh. which if that's true it's going to be hard not to uh be a subscriber of that service for football season I'll tell you that.
1: Yeah, definitely. That'd be pretty sweet. I've been dying to get like a, a college football red zone. So if I can get an octo box, that'd be the way to go.
0: Man, that it used to it used to exist, and they shut it down. The the one year that I tried college football, like two or three years ago, it was still a
1: thing, and then they took it away. I I've been looking also like for a service that's kind of like NFL Game Pass, where you can watch the games in like a compressed version of the game afterwards but i don't know if that exists either i don't think so it's yeah it's
0: tough and that honestly we jump right into it here because when preparing for this week's episode i mean obviously we both watched a lot of games this weekend but as a human being with you know (laughs) one tv maybe a tv and a phone you can only watch so many games (laughs) throughout the weekend so There's there's a ton of these games where it's like you're trying to catch up afterwards, you know, watching the uh, the highlight tapes and things of that nature, trying to familiarize yourself with what exactly all happened this weekend. But what I can say is that it was an extremely fun weekend of college football, just generally. I mean, watching these guys, obviously, we're going to talk about a lot of different players today, um, but even just generally we had some really really entertaining games and it was a a really fun start to the year yeah and luckily
1: uh caleb doesn't sleep because the the tape was funneling in from the keel pro 88 youtube channel where you could see uh a bunch of guys dropped and it was like all of the guys that are on new teams are having their tape dropped like jameer gibbs jordan addison thing like all of the guys that you could have wanted to see, all the big names are are up on that channel and I, I checked out a lot of those. That was nice.
0: Yeah. Shout out to KeelPro eighty eight. If you are a a fan of Dynasty rookie scouting, you like to partake on the YouTube channels and things of that nature, that is definitely one to watch. It's been a very valuable resource the last few years just constantly pumping out new film and, and like you just said we already have a bunch of top guys from week 1 available on that channel so you definitely want to hop over there
1: and subscribe to that also the Kielpro pro dynasty index is a really nice tool it's like it it has guys from the 2023 class going in they're all ranked that's where the the film like gets put so you can see the rankings and you can see the the youtube videos you can see player grades all that kind of stuff they have summaries for some of the guys already in 2023 and it's like a buck a month it's a so good deal i'm subscribed go subscribe to the keel pro dynasty index too we're just plugging nice
0: nice little partnership here with uh, camp (laughs) dynasty and and the uh the keel pro dynasty index on the youtube channel um so yeah definitely check that out but we have a, a slate this week. This is kind of what it's going to look like for the next you know few months here. Um, essentially, coming in off the tails of the of the previous week, and then diving into the performance of some of these players. Some that we have talked about leading up to the season in the you know the top five rankings. Some of the bigger names, obviously, those are going to be names that we are following very closely. But the good thing about this episode and what I would assume to be future ones as well is we're also going to get a taste of some different names, some guys that maybe they aren't the, the top guys in the class, um, at, at least at this point in time, but guys that are you know names to certainly pay attention to, guys that are going to be playing on Sundays. Uh, and we got, some, we got some new ones this week already. Absolutely. I'm really excited
1: to get into this and start handing out some badges.
0: Yes, so we, the way that this is kind of structured, we have uh, a few different segments, if you will. Um, so we're, we're going to be starting out with our camper of the week, our top dog, if you will, the, the, the camper who showed us the most, who's been riding high uh, post, uh, post the weekend here. He's enjoying himself this week in camp. Um, Then we're going to dive into just handing out some badges to some of our top performers just generally. Going to have a little bit of fun with that. We're going to spotlight an IDP every single week so we keep those on the radar because um, that can kind of, you know, uh, with all the buzz around running backs, wide receivers, that can kind of get lost a little bit. So we're going to call one of those out. And then we are going to make the call home for one prospect a piece one camper a piece that maybe didn't do so hot this week and and that's kind of how this is going to look for for a few months
1: yeah i i talked to liz my fiance about because she she was actually a camp counselor and i was like what do you do when someone gets in trouble when someone's been bad for a week and she's like, "You call home." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that's it. That's that's what we're calling it. We got to go with that. That is perfect.
0: Too perfect. Too perfect." Shout out, Liz, for that. Um, but let's let's dive right into it, Colin. We got we got a lot of names to talk about. We got some Week Two games to spotlight two at the end here, and obviously we got uh, campfire stories to hit on as well. So um, let's start with. Camper of the Week, the most prestigious honor that we can bestow upon a camper on a week-to-week basis here at Camp Dynasty. And uh, why don't you take it away? Give me your Camper of the Week.
1: Yeah, so this might not be like – the best performance in my eyes like every week it's going to be the guy that i was most impressed with that's who's going to get this this badge of honor the prestigious badge every week and this week it's anthony richardson out of florida this was both of our qb5 in our qb episode and he he's rising this is this he is really really impressive uh they played utah uh, who is number seven ranked coming in. They have a pretty good defense. They fly around short tacklers, but it, it didn't matter for, for Richardson. He went 16 for 23 in the air, good for 70% of his passes for 165 yards, had nine rushes for 104 yards, three touchdowns on the ground. He is electric with the ball in his hands, which is kind of what we were talking about going into the season on our, our quarterback preview. And we were saying, yeah, we'll see if he can be a consistent passer. And he showed that he can get it done on decent volume. 23 passes is not bad at all. Uh, but his rushes, it wasn't that he was running for his life. He wasn't, you know, tucking the ball when he wasn't supposed to. He only ran nine times, and only three of them came on scrambles. So that that's really impressive to see out of a guy that was – primarily used as a like gadget quarterback to kind of come in and only run. Um, so three scrambles, six design runs. Seven of the rushes were for first downs, so that's perfect what you want to see, seven out of nine. And then one of the scrambles ended in a 45-yard touchdown when Utah was playing man, and they kind of flooded everybody to the right side of the field, and Richardson just took off down the left sideline. and. You took it to the end zone it was it was a, a pretty spectacular performance out of a guy that doesn't have a lot of experience at quarterback kind of taking over and looking pretty poised well how about the play that everybody's talking about i mean yeah
0: you you've seen this if you follow anybody college football on twitter or you know it's been passed around very very often if you're watching sports center whatever ridiculous i mean he he's getting pressured he spins away as he's getting sacked. I think there was a pump fake in there, just completely, you know, takes over on that play essentially, turns a ten yard sack into a touchdown run. Uh just that and that that is the that is the thing about Richardson that made him so enticing going into this season. Is when you see things like that, that incredible, you know, rare playmaking ability at the quarterback position that starts to you know get you very very excited about what he can be um, and especially when we talk about considering you know this is a fantasy podcast what can he look like uh, in if he can uh, you know put his passing tools together in terms of fantasy upside and so this isn't uh, this camp dynasty isn't necessarily the the show where you're going to hear about the top quarterbacks in college football every single week but a guy like Anthony Richardson is, you know, a guy that we are going to be watching very, very closely, and he is off to a phenomenal start uh, with a huge upset win over Utah this week.
1: Yeah, I couldn't couldn't help spotlighting a quarterback when you played oh, yeah. this good. Yeah, it was it was pretty nuts. That that play was one of those like no, no, yes plays where he's kind of <laughs> fading backwards, does like a jumping pass fake, and he actually. He passed it to the back right corner of the end zone where the guy was just standing flat-footed all on his own because I'm sure the defense was like, how is this guy not sacked?
0: Yeah, so super exciting player to watch this year. Um, looking forward to that. He, and we're going to talk – he's got a game next week. We're going to talk about that later yep, in the show. Absolutely. Um, But my camper of the week, the first one, baby, I was tweeting about Zach Evans this weekend. He had a huge first half in the first Ole Miss game, so it's it's no surprise that my very first camper of the week is Sean Tucker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that it surprised me when he picked Sean Tucker, uh, but yeah, fucking he 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 was great anyway.
0: Well, here. So here's the thing. I mean, why did I pick Sean Tucker over? You know, Zach Evans did everything I wanted him to do. We're gonna talk about him obviously later in the show today. But I went with Sean, Te- Sean Tucker because he. The game that he had was just honestly to me it was like the game that when I brought him up last week, when I was like, hey, listen, I didn't mention him at all, but we need to we need to have his name out there. It was because I was kind of thinking that this is what this season's going to look like for Sean. He is going to take over this year because he took over last year. I mean, he's he's starting out right where he left off in 2021. I mean, he had a 1,500 yard season last year, uh, and he starts out 2022 with a 98 yards on the ground. I mean, it was 4.7 yards per carry. Nothing, nothing crazy. Um, pretty, pretty decent, but uh, he had a touchdown, but he also had six catches on six targets for 85 yards and a touchdown. So that's the thing with a guy like Sean Tucker, where you see that size speed blend, that exceptional athletic ability. And then he's also a pass catcher. In this sort of at this sort of a level and then the big highlight play of of his day was on a screen pass. (laughs) He catches a screen pass and he just takes off. He's just gone. And it's like a guy that is his size to have that sort of burst to score a, you know, whatever it was. I I don't have it in front of me, but for maybe 40 yard touchdown catch on a screen like that. I mean,
1: this guy is really, really special. It was a fifty-five-yard uh, touchdown r- run after the catch. It was really, yeah, really impressive. He had a negative two-point-five average depth of target, so that shows you where he's catching the ball. He's getting it <laughs> behind the line of scrimmage, and he's got eighty-five yards. So that's thirty yards outside of the one big play. So he's making something happen on every single one of those catches. What a have Have you seen Top Gun: Maverick? i haven't no uh there's there's this the 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 open is uh, this isn't spoiling anything i hope uh but it's tom cruise trying to go mach 10 in like a stealth bomber and and he flies over the head of somebody and it just like blows his hat back and it blows the roof off of like the air traffic control thing that's what it looks like when Sean Tucker's going. <laughs> it's He is fast, man. It's I, I want somebody to clock that. I want to see, like, the MPH because it's like, yeah, 22.6 miles per hour, the fastest anybody's gone in the game. I think Sean Tucker might have, have hit, like, 22, 23 miles per hour on that screen pass because the man, he split two guys and was just gone. Nobody could even think about touching him.
0: Yeah, and that's the, I mean, this is a guy who, I don't know if he led college football last year, but he was certainly like in the top three in yards after contact. I mean, that's the type of runner that he is. He's a physical bruising back that's hard to take down, but he also has that game-breaking speed. And that's something where, you know, you see it on tape you, and I think I mentioned this even like he, he runs he, last year, at least he ran a little bit sort of out of control almost like he wasn't, I, I don't think he was necessarily using his speed in the most effective ways, but then you see a situation, you know, if, if he can put together a season where he's kind of, you know, changing the gears a little bit more effectively, getting up to that top speed at the time where it's most beneficial to him to do that that's when you start to see him putting together a truly, truly, you know, nearly bulletproof running back evaluation. And, I mean, this is a guy who wasn't in any of our top fives. I mentioned he was my first guy out with Charbonnet being my number five. I mean, I'm already at the point now where it's like you see this one week, you see what he's doing as a pass catcher and things like that. I I don't know, man. Like, this guy is – he's
1: really, really good. Yeah, this running back class – if if tucker is gonna be this good all season is nutty this is like it, it could run five deep it could run four or five deep at quarterback too which is crazy i
0: do that's i mean week one synonymous with overreaction yeah I mean, that's how it is nfl college whatever but like man after this week thinking about this running back class and i'm just sitting there like man there might be seven guys (laughs) that are like like round one talents like dynasty round one talents at that sort of a as a player and it's like i don't man i'm just I'm, i'm very excited about these running backs and even more so after this week
1: and Tucker, just to highlight a point you made earlier, he had 1,014 yards after contact last year out of his 1,515 yards. So that if that doesn't lead the nation, like you said, that's got to be darn close because that's a ton of yards. And he had 67 of his 98 yards on the ground after contact on Saturday. So it, it was – going to be more of the same where he's going to be using that elite contact balance and that elite speed to just blow by guys and blow through arm tackles absolutely so those are the
0: two the inaugural campers of the week Sean
1: tucker and anthony richardson wow i love it i love it i can't wait to see how many guys are gonna rack these up and see who brings home more than one exactly see we're gonna be
0: tracking these not only you know tracking camper of the week tracking the badges and then we'll we'll you know eventually we'll have our own little history here somebody all of a sudden it's like oh he's gonna break so-and-so's
1: camper of the week record whoa see the thing is if we would have started last year a guy like zach charbonnet would he have been because we expected him to come out in the 22 class (laughs) would he be like uh, all his awards be nullified going in or could he just rack them all back up
0: you know, that's a very interesting point. That's probably going to come up this year, too, because yeah. it always does. We always yeah. think we know something. Chris Alave two years ago, Charbonnet last year, guys like that. I'm sure there's going to be guys like that this year, but we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it.
1: <laughs> All right, so do we want to get into uh, our next where we're handing out badges?
0: Yeah, badge presentation here. All the campers have gathered around. We're standing in the front. We got a little basket of our badges here, and we're ready to hand them out. Everybody's excited, little cherubic faces staring up at us. And uh, I'll kick things off. I'm handing out a badge here. It is the Terrific Transfer Badge, and I am giving it to Jacob Cowing. Wide receiver, Arizona. So, Cowing was a player who I watched leading up to our wide receivers ranking episode. Uh, Really liked what I saw. He was playing at UTEP, so the level of competition was a little bit lower. But um, I liked what I saw a lot. So, I was keeping him on the radar for sure. And honestly enough so that I even placed a little bit of a financial investment on his week one uh, game this week. And it worked out because Cowing, in his Arizona Pac-12 debut, uh, went eight catches on 10 targets, 152 yards, and three touchdowns. He took over the game for the Wildcats. I mean, they're playing San Diego State. So, you know, I week one, it's a thing. It's going to come up with all, a lot of these other players. You talk about competition. But Jacob Cowing did everything I wanted to see out of him in his in his new situation, transferring from UTEP uh, to Arizona, and so I'm going to give him a badge this week.
1: Yeah, this this was a pretty dominant performance out of a guy that works mainly out of the slot. Uh, that that's kind of a, a motif of the wide receiver class in 2023 is a lot of guys that work out of the slot. But I mean, that's that's something extraordinarily valuable uh, for an NFL team is a guy that can produce really, really effectively out of the slot. And he, I think he had one of the highest grades out of this week for any wide receiver. He had an 11.3, a dot average up to target. Uh, He just was incredible all game long. And he, I I mean, it, it showed. And like you said, with competition, it is what it is. Like, you play who's on the schedule. We're not going to bring it up every time. Like, we'll we'll let you know if it was a tough game or an easy game, but it's, it's not some huge point of conversation where it's going to be, oh, yeah, he had 150 yards. That's still a great game. Like, who, oh, well, he played somebody bad. It is what it is.
0: It's just always the common rebuttal, you know, and you bring up a guy who, you know, oh, he had a great week, and then it's like, oh, well, who was he playing? It's like, well, okay, let's see a guy like Cowing who's going to be an NFL player. I mean, he's, he's a legitimate talent at the position. Let's see him dominate against a San Diego State team that doesn't have – nfl corners in the secondary so and that's what he did he looked uncoverable in that game that tape is actually up on youtube already and i i watched it before this episode um and he he was dominating and I, you like you said it's it's a lot of out of the slot plays a lot out of the slot he can go out wide though a little bit yeah. versatile player he's got a, a good outside release on the when he's playing outside um, but yeah, versatile guy, 1300 yards last year at UTEP, very, very productive as a junior. So, um, yeah, I'm very excited to continue watching him this season, see what he can do, uh, in the pack 12. Um, but give me your first badge of the season.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll shuffle around in the bowl a little bit and I'll pull out <laughs> the dead leg badge. Oh, give it out to Zach Evans out of Ole Miss there he is uh the dead leg badge because of some of the filthy cuts he made in this game he had 20 rushes for 130 yards he had two catches for 22 yards uh, he's the bell cow in this offense it's we were wondering because they they have other running backs on that roster that are very good but zach evans took over this backfield he looked incredible. He had crazy bursts. He his cuts were super clean. He broke a run. I mean, he had a forty-six yard run in this game. He had four rushes for over ten yards. He he has solidified his spot in the top five by becoming the bell cow for this old Miss and for this Ole Miss offense. And we'll see what he can do in the SEC if he can run all over everybody. And I expect that he will because of a game like this where he just shows you all of the tools that he has.
0: Yeah, I mean, (laughs) you know I was watching this game. I had this one uh, very close, even with the Georgia-Oregon game happening at the same time. And, yeah, I mean, it – I mean I'm going to I'm going to bring this up cuz it's relevant. They're playing Troy, all right? So he's going to be playing against legitimate SEC defenses at some point this year. But again, it was a new situation. It was a player that maybe even had a, a bit of, you know, mystery or uncertainty around him just because he got hurt last year. He's playing on this horrific TCU team. Like what does this guy actually look like here? Well, you saw it he had over 100 yards rushing in the first half of that game and it's just a it's a very encouraging sign of what is to come with this lane kiffin offense old miss zach evans i mean very excited to watch this he did have a fumble so there is that You, you know you don't no touchdowns one fumble but um, outside of that, I mean, it was about as perfect of a start as you could have wanted out of Evans, and yeah, he is locked and loaded right now for me uh, in the top five.
1: Yeah, this is this is kind of exactly what I was looking for out of him: is having a statement game to start the season. So there's not a ton of question marks. You know, week in and week out of, are they going to go committee? Are they going to split the backfield? Are they going to just let him go? And doing something like this where you look dominant in your first game, it, it makes it a little easier on the Ole Miss coaching staff to give you the ball a ton.
0: And, and even just the recognition too like there's always like you're watching these college games and there's always like that one or you know whatever player that's like really being hammered by the commentators like if it's a if it's you know a smaller game it's not the big game of the day it's like oh this guy's gonna be playing on Sundays. Zach Evans was that guy like they were really hammering it like he's gonna he's gonna be vaulted into the national spotlight this year a hundred percent I mean like he is gonna be a star. When it's when we get into the prime time games of the you know the SEC schedule for Ole Miss, he is going to be the featured piece he's going to be a talking point um and it's yeah he's I think he's he's well on his way to to kind of having the conversation centered around him and, and getting his name into where we think he deserves to be
1: the octobox would have been nice during this game because it would have I, <laughs> I was struggling to keep up because i was trying to <laughs> keep up yeah with with oregon uh georgia with this one and then i was trying to keep an eye on wyoming <laughs> to see my guy titus and then also was watching the usc card that was going on because they had a nice main and co-main and i was like Man, this is tough. And then Titus got benched, so I got to take that out of the rotation because he fumbled. Hate that out of coaches. Like, if a guy fumbles, oh, well, it's. Anyway, that's a tangent, but. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, Zach Evans, kid is good. Kid is good. We
0: can confirm. Um, all right. My second badge of the week, then. We're staying on running back and. You gave out the dead leg. I'm giving out the Grim Reaper badge. <laughs> wow. And That's I'm giving it to Tank Bigsby. <laughs> <laughs> Tank Bigsby honestly might have caught a stray bullet on one of our previous podcasts. He did. And I mean, I I put it in the context of like, hey, man, if you want to put Tank Bigsby, Bigsby as your number one running back in the class, by all means, do it. That's not. We're not here to tell you not to do that. Um but the point of that was saying that like Tank Bigsby is actually a good player. Um he wasn't in our top 5 running backs I don't think for either of us but good player. And again, like Sean Tucker, guy that wasn't in the top 5 that has a really really strong start to the season and you start to see how many, you know, how deep the running backs go. Guy like Bigsby, Auburn running back um, they're playing Mercer, and he was not having any mercy on Mercer. I'll <laughs> tell you that because 16 carries, 147 yards, 115 yards after contact, and two touchdowns. And the reason I give him the Grim Reaper is because he was leaving souls in his wake on the field, and that was uh, uh, you know, embodied, epitomized by a, a highlight run—you've probably seen it, where he—it's an like an inside handoff, and he just makes about six people miss on about four different moves, and it is gross. And he scores, and it—you know that—that's what this is. That's this running back class. We're talking about guys, maybe six, seven, eight
1: ranked guys that have legitimate, legitimate talent. Take Bigsby—it would be a scary guy to try to tackle. <laughs> 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 he's he's one of i i was uh kind of making fun of him because he's he's a little slower and he doesn't move laterally a ton but it doesn't matter because if you get in his way he'll put you in the dirt and that's why he's getting the grim reaper batch well he's moving
0: laterally pretty well in that highlight play that he yeah, had this you're week not... <laughs> you're not wrong damn dude that guy was I was like whoa you just teleported
1: <laughs> yeah it, this this game was was crazy out of him not something I expected but somebody I'll be keeping a closer eye on as somebody that I have disrespected in this running back class and kind of you know cast aside with the newer shiny toys but tank makes me still here he's still he wants to put his name on that map and I mean, doing stuff like this is going to keep it there.
0: Absolutely. And that's, I mean, we there's going to be a couple wide receivers we talk about later, maybe a little bit disappointing. The running backs were showing out this week, and it's confirming that sort of preseason notion that this running back group is the real strength of this class. Wide receivers are good. They, it appears that we're going to have another at least decent, uh, you know, above average class, but... The running backs is where it's really getting made this year. Um, Speaking of running backs, why don't you give me another badge for this week?
1: I have the Mr. Resourceful badge. Uh, The guy that can just make something out of nothing, no matter what you're doing, where you're at. Uh, This is referring to, uh, I think it was a nine-yard touchdown run that he had, where he was basically dead to rights in the backfield. And he sticks that foot in the ground like we've seen him do so many who, times. Who are we who are we talking about here? B. John Robinson. <laughs> come on. What are we talking about? I did I I must have missed it. No, B. John you, Robinson. You,
0: when you're Mr. 101, you don't even need to have your name said. It's no. just we're talking about you.
1: Uh yeah, B. John Robinson. He'll he's gonna come up every week one way or another. But he, he had a nine yard touchdown run where he, he got the handoff to the right. He should have been tackled in the backfield. Sticks that foot in the ground and bursts upfield, breaks a tackle. He gets met in the hole, breaks another tackle, and then the linebacker from the second level comes down. He breaks that tackle and just walks into the end zone breaking a DB's tackle. And it It's the kind of play that makes Bijan Bijan and uh, sets him apart from the rest of the running back class for me. I don't, I, I, we're
0: probably talking about the same play, but there, it might be a different one where it It was very like subtle where it was like, he's in the hole and he just like makes this yes. tight move. Like yes. it was like at, at the drop of a, of a pin, he was making the cut necessary to score. And it's like, that is the difference with a guy like Bijan. It's the decisiveness. It's it's the athletic ability to make the move in the first place. And then it's the decisiveness and the instincts, whatever you want to call it, to make the move in real time. I mean, you can watch that replay in slow-mo and sit there and be like, wow, that was crazy. But think about the fact that he's doing that at full (laughs) speed in a hole it, like on a moment's notice, and that's that is the difference with him.
1: That's that's what where I'm going. It's the like nuanced performance that Bijan has, where it's it's not a gaudy stat line. He had ten rushes for seventy-one yards, good for seven point one yards per carry, pretty sweet, and a touchdown. That's the touchdown I was just talking about. And then he had three catches for forty yards and a touchdown on five targets. It, it's not one of those where it's like holy this guy went crazy. This guy had, you know, 130 yards. No, he just had, he did enough against an inferior opponent and then got pulled. And he looked great the entire time. And he made, he he solidified himself. He put the stamp on it. He's like, yes, I am that dude and I'm going to be all year
0: yep and they're gonna be you know as the season ramps up, you get into the bigger games, primetime games things of that nature. it's just gonna be up up and up for him it's gonna be a fun year leading up to his uh eventual high draft position in the n f l and we already know he's going one one in fantasy so absolutely ten months away from that we're that's already sharpied yep um all right, my third Badge, third and final for me this week. Different name here. This is a fun one. I'm giving it, I'm giving the superior senior badge to Rashi Rice. He, so this is SMU, wide receiver SMU. He's a senior. He's coming off of back to back seasons, which were essentially identical. Weird, a little bit weird. Sophomore year, six hundred and eighty one yards, five touchdowns, seventy-six catches. Junior year, seventy-nine catches, six hundred and eighty-two yards, one yard more, <laughs> and he had nine touchdowns. So he increases that a little bit. But so it's a guy like that where it's like when you get to these seniors, it's like we everybody talks about breakout age and you know all that BS. Well, this guy is kind of, you know, if you'll call him stagnant in terms of statistics, that's kind of where he was, but he was a name to watch heading into the season because he has some pretty, you know, unique tools, good after the catch. He's a little bit bigger. He's listed at 6'3". He's not 6'3". I, <laughs> I think I actually saw him listed at uh, like six foot or 6'1", in a different place. Um, that feels right. Um, but he does play outside. And uh so why am I why am I talking about him here? Superior Senior Week 1, he dominated this week. Week 1 North Texas comes out 8 catches on 12 targets for 166 yards and one touchdown. So you're talking about a guy who has flirted with like a 700-yard season back-to-back years and he's already up to 166 after one week and I watched, you know, the. I'm excited to watch like the actual tape on this guy when it's available. I was just watching kind of like the the highlights from this game, some of his catches, things like that. He's just a very fun player. He looks uh, like I. This is not a. I hate when people say this, but he looks like an NFL wide receiver. <laughs> he does. <laughs> like, he just has that sort of, you know, the, the build with the speed and he, he's, you know, looks like very comfortable out there. He looked like a senior playing against inferior talent. And like, that can be a criticism. That's why we talk about breakout age. Like, Oh, are you just older and bigger and fast, blah, blah, blah. But like, I, I think he has some real tools and I'm, I'm excited to, to keep him on the radar moving forward. And I, SMU, Hey, Cortland Sutton, They've produced the talents before, man.
1: Yeah, Rece Rus- Rice is one of these boundary winners. I would I would call him. He had uh four of his targets down the right sideline, deep passes, uh, or five of his targets, four of his receptions and 126 of his yards. So, this is a guy that is winning deep balls down the sideline. This is a a a nice just big deep threat a guy that is outside which is not a common thing in this class i was just talking about before and now i'm going to talk about another slot receiver after this where we just don't have a ton of outside guys guys that line up wide he lined up lined up wide on 93 percent of plays in this game he is Listed at six three in the SMU book, I uh, <laughs> I announce uh, high school games and I think they put everybody's heights up like five inches. <laughs> there's a, there's a kid that was running. He looked like he was probably five eight. He's listed at six one, so I definitely know about uh, gassing up heights a little bit. And so, you know, he he looks big. He's not that's he's not six three two zero six. But yeah, he he plays big though.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's like a. I mean, and that's the thing. Like you talk about, we're looking for guys that fit a bit of a different mold in this class, and that's why I think even leading up to the season, kind of wanted to shout out some guys. Maybe they're not as high on the rankings, but they play in a in a different role than some of the top guys do. And Rasheed Rice was a guy that didn't come up, but he has that sort of a mold where he's that six foot six one. I, I'll call him six one. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that. Uh, plays on the outside and yeah like you said he wins he uh, he had a really nice catch over two guys in this game right along the sideline so that's what we're talking about here boundary winner etc things like that so that's why it's just it's going to be fun to watch some of these players that maybe fit more of that sort of x role that outside receiver prototype sort of a role um, where you know a lot of these other guys are just winning from the slot and that's fine but um you know different teams are going to be looking for different molds of guys so i'm keeping rasheed rice on the radar
1: yeah definitely it'll be interesting to see who's uh gonna take a shot on the smu product
0: last badge you just you just teased it
1: who you got for me i did uh this is the icebreaker badge uh rakeem jarrett is introducing himself into the top end of this conversation. You mentioned him as, uh, I think, a, uh honorable mention on our wide receiver episode, and uh, he had a great game. He played I, – I don't remember who Maryland played because I am unprepared, but – Buffalo. Buffalo, there we go. He played Buffalo. He had 110 yards on six catches. Uh, one of these guys, he plays mainly out of the slot. He doesn't play only out of the slot, though. He it's I think it was uh, 60-40, 65-35 in this game where he played 65% of the snaps in the slot. And uh, he just had a very nice, efficient game, something that I wanted to see out of him because you brought him up, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to keep an eye on him. And then watching this game, he just looked – he's open all the time. Uh, he has a 29% target share in this game uh Tungvaluwa likes him and I mean it's the kind of player that I like it's a it's a taller slot player that's going to be open a lot and probably going to get fed the ball so uh 4.23 yards per route run is also a very elite number out of out of Jarrett.
0: Yeah, I, I actually tuned into this game for a little bit because we had talked about some of the the names and kind of called this almost like a sneaky, fun team a little bit. Um, yep. Some star power, all things considered for a, for a Maryland team. Um, so, yeah, I was watching Jarrett, watching Dante Demas, and, and Jarrett stole the show in this one. I mean, a really, really nice game, 110 yards, and um, looked really good doing it. So, yeah, the, the Terrapins... <laughs> that's a team man to, to tune in uh, Demas, I, I didn't see what his final stat line was he did have a, a, a one bad drop that I saw but I think Jared actually had a couple drops too but um I ironing
1: out the kinks it's week one am I right yeah he he did have two drops uh must have been thinking of somebody else because he ran 93 percent of his routes out of the slot uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you know getting all the all the box scores jumbled in my brain but yeah yeah uh, Jarrett was winning out of the slot consistently and it was it was all kinds of routes too. It wasn't just uh, like slants or whatever you might think of when you think of a guy winning in the slot. It was you know him winning short, medium behind behind the line of scrimmage. he doesn't do much deep. Uh, he's not really the, the quote unquote burner um, but yeah, he a lot of his work over the middle intermediate, but he is winning in a lot of different places.
0: Yeah. And I I don't know if we mentioned this, but five-star guy's yeah. got a pedigree. So, you know, this is no, uh, this is no slouch in terms of, you know, where he came from. Um, so yeah, let's see him build on this it's third season. So it would be an early declare all the analytics folks. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, that is, uh, that is the first badge presentation of, camp dynasty's 2022 year all the campers who received badges are celebrating showing them off all of those who didn't are sitting there pouting and you know but they'll have their opportunities it's a long season a lot of badges yet to hand out
1: you know i'm i'm actually going to give my defensive player a badge as well oh yeah okay yeah i i think oh. that they also deserve badges I they're people too
0: It's see i i led the show off i said hey the running backs, the wide receivers—they get all the love, and the IDPs are just forgotten about. And here I am <laughs> doing it right here, Camp Dynasty. Well, I can, I can, I rummage I'll, through the I'll, basket I'll, here and.
1: Yeah, I can go first if you want. So you have a little sure, time. Sure. Yeah, to... let, me,
0: let me rummage through and find one for my guy.
1: Yeah, so I have uh, the Smokey the Bear badge <laughs> for Demarvion Overshawn, a uh, Texas linebacker number zero, because he puts out all the fires. The the kid just flies around. He had eight total tackles in this game, six solo tackles, two tackles for loss. Uh, he wears number zero, like I said, and his nickname is Agent Zero, which is one of the coolest things I've ever heard. And he he plays like someone that deserves a cool nickname. Sometimes you got a cool nickname and you, you just like don't live up to it. It's like, yeah, I'm not calling you that. But every time, because like, I was I was watching the Texas game to to see Bijan play. And you know, I was like, ah, "Should I turn it off?" You know, they're on defense. I can watch Ohio State or whatever. And then I just see this number zero, and he's filling gaps, and he's patient, and he's—he had—I don't think he missed a tackle. Like the guy was everywhere, and he's kind of the type of player that I was looking for when I was doing my my IDP preview when we were looking for a linebacker. Whereas, like, where is this linebacker going to come up? And I, I saw DeMarvion Overshawn, and I was like, wow, this guy is good. This, he is a, a nice, nuanced linebacker. I, I don't know how he is in coverage because, I mean, the, the quarterback they were playing against was not super high quality, but he looked excellent uh, in the run game.
0: I find that a lot of times when it comes to defensive players, I end up finding out about guys when I'm watching somebody else. Yeah. And then it's like, who's that guy? What's he? What's his story? And then it turns out to be, like, some crazy prospect or whatever.
1: Uh yeah.
0: Demarvion Overshawn. Yes. Not a name that I would heard at all. Uh, Agent Zero. Elite. Elite <laughs> nickname, by the way. So good for him for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, so this is the, this is the thing when it comes to like, you know, you're looking at the game tape, you're looking at this, the box score. And then obviously, cause this is a PFF podcast, not sponsored by the way, we, we're we not officially affiliated <laughs> with them uh, and for good reason. But anyway, uh, last year, the 2021 demarvi DeMarvion Overshawn that that's a name,
1: right? It's there. a name. It's a, it's a lot of agent zero, baby. 30.4 run defense grade. Yes. It's not
0: what you want to see. It's not color coded grades. It's a red one. That's not a good color, but, uh, week one, he, he was doing well. You ask about him in coverage. I mean, again, contextualizing the, the number with the performance. I can't do that. But I can tell you that his coverage grade was seventy two yep. which is decent um and he also had a pretty uh really good actually pass rush grade so mm-hmm. a versatile player from just what I'm gleaning from the numbers in front of me um and yeah, we're gonna be watching a lot of longhorns football this year, so definitely a guy
1: to keep your eyes on absolutely and he uh mainly lines back as it lines up as that off ball linebacker. Like I was talking about, but he he did take nine snaps on the defensive line, so there is that versatility, and he did well in the pass rush snaps. He didn't get tally a, a sack per se, but he he did get pressures, and he also lined up as a slot corner, uh, and he is listed as a linebacker defensive back on uh, Texas's roster, their official roster, so. Uh, something to look out for in the maybe the sleeper community, if this guy comes out and potentially has the DB eligibility a la Isaiah Simmons, which just or, happened, or a DL eligibility a la Micah Parsons, which just happened as well.
0: Isaiah Simmons, man, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's officially happened. We've been talking about this for two years now, and it's it's real.
1: But, so if this if this guy could come out and be one of these tackle machine type players and get dual eligibility, it could be a very, very interesting player. I'm not, not saying he's a, a league winner yet, but uh, just something to keep your eye on for the rest of the season.
0: Also, just to put a exclamation point on Overshawn, he is quoted three hours ago in an article uh, that Texas – would not shock anyone if they beat Alabama and I got to disagree with them there but I love the confidence. Hey,
1: it shocked me, so it shocked someone. <laughs> um
0: All right, well my my IDP spotlight and the badge that I'm handing out to my to my IDP this week is the uh to the rescue badge. And it is to linebacker from the Iowa Hawkeyes, Jack Campbell is an all-american player a guy that is well on the radar of anybody who is interested in idp prospects and things like that guy that i watched leading up to our idp show that like i said at the time and we both kind of echoed this the linebackers weren't the best the the group as a whole didn't seem like the best but campbell was a guy that you, he catches your eye because he's 6'5 250 around 250 He's kind of like a, He's been described as like a throwback linebacker. He's just like one of those big, bruising dudes in the middle that's kind of you know going by the wayside a little bit. Um, but in this game, in the in week one, in the horrific, horrific game against, um, I'm losing it. That's all South right. South Dakota State. Of games. It's a lot. South of games. Dakota State. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I. T- they were kind of, you know, this was kind of like a trendy, like upset pick. South Dakota State, a little bit of talent there. Um, and the Iowa offense was just horrific in this game. And why do I give Jack Campbell the to the rescue badge? Because he had a, a great week, first of all, just generally on defense. I think he had uh, 10 or 11 tackles. Um, and he also had a safety it was one of two <laughs> safeties that the Hawkeyes had, and that was the difference in this game, <laughs> were, were the safeties that they picked up. So he was the he got the first one, and so I'm giving him to the rescue because, uh, yeah, he played a pivotal role in the Hawkeyes' week one win, um, and he also <laughs> he came out in the in the post game and gave a uh, a, a really emotional speech saying. Why are you booing our players? They're sons, they're grandsons, they're brothers. They're you know he's he's standing up for his guys. The the Hawkeye crowd there was, uh, was booing a little bit, but you know who can blame them?
1: <laughs> well, I I believe this is the first time a team scored seven points without a touchdown. <laughs> uh, I think I saw that as a stat. Um, and yeah, having having one of the few scoring plays for your team. As a off-ball linebacker, is pretty impressive. I didn't catch this game because uh, it looked like a snoozer. Uh, I do watch football for enjoyment. I hate to say it. And I wasn't going to turn on the 3-5 to five Iowa game, uh, especially when I don't know who Jack Campbell is. Uh, but, yeah, doing, hearing, hearing what you said and seeing the box score, he looks like he had uh, an incredible game uh, overall. And this is, like you said, the traditional guy. And it, you look at – I was talking about Overshawn where he kind of lined up all over the place. This is a guy that lined up 55 times in the box yep. and then one time on the defensive line and two times outside in the corner. So he was – he is, like you said, the traditional throwback linebacker uh, and actually not bad in coverage. He had 30 coverage snaps and only had six targets against him, which is pretty impressive for one of those thumper linebackers. I mean, five of the six were caught. But, I mean, 6 out of 30 is not terrible. You're not getting kind of, you know, highlighted by the offense.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, that and that's kind of, you know, what ultimately, you know, when I see a guy like this, big, you know, good pedigree behind him, I'm, I'm instantly like, who the hell is this? Because I just like freaks. I like huge <laughs> guys that are really good. Um, and when I was watching him, he, I mean, he's kind of last year, at least it was, it was, he is what he is. That's what it was. It's like, he's a big guy, productive college player, but not a lot of versatility, not didn't seem to be super athletic, which is to be expected when you're that size playing this position. But yeah, really encouraging start for Jack Campbell. I think he could, I think he could easily play his way into that LB one spot in the class, which is. By default, gonna make him uh, an IDP contender. So, yeah, definitely a name to, to keep to keep your eyes on. I think it's time to call home. Yeah, this is the part that no counselor likes. We we just got done handing out the badges. A lot of excitement. You know, the campers are getting fired up. Now we're going back in to the to the cabin and we're picking up that phone because. Not all not all the campers had a good weekend and so it's time for the call home. Who are you calling? About Colin.
1: Unfortunately, uh our guy, our wide receiver 2 and 3 respectively had a bad game. KeSean Bute he had two catches, both came very late in this game. Only had six targets, uh, twenty yards, no touchdowns. Uh, you're talking about the the PFF grades, uh, how it's get scaled green to red. No green here. It's uh, orange and it's red. It's it's not good. Uh, this this play could be highlighted by bad quarterback play. Uh, they switched quarterbacks in this game, and bute he seemed like he didn't want to be there. There was there was no place bute would have rather been than out of this stadium because there were some really bad throws early on. His first two targets, one's while he was blanketed, and one was just a bad throw. And it just seemed like that set the tone early on. He didn't get his first catch until a fourth and one in the in the fourth quarter where they finally did something interesting and put him on a motion where they motioned him across because it was man coverage, and then he jetted back across to beat the man coverage. Hey, good job designing a play for your best player to get the ball for the first time all game. And so th- this was a disappointing game from a play-calling standpoint from a quarterbacking standpoint, and honestly from a receiving standpoint from Butte, because he had a, a couple drops here as well. Um, the thing I, I did want to highlight, which was strange to me because we were talking about the success that Butte had as a slot receiver, he played four slot snaps. He, pl- he had 40 total snaps. He only played four in the slot. So I don't I don't understand what this new coaching staff is doing here at LSU, uh, but this is, it it wasn't great. So first game, calling home for Butte because uh, you know bad week.
0: Well, that's the thing about the call home is sometimes it's just you had bad behavior, and sometimes it's that you just weren't playing well with others. And that is the thing here. And honestly, you know, I'm going to make a call here shortly. It's kind of the same deal where it's like we talk about these receivers and yeah, I'm going to, you know, two drops and he's not getting involved like, you know, that's that part of that's on him 100%. But the quarterback play is not good. I mean, it has been, you know, since Joe Burrow, it has been abysmal for yeah. the Tigers and Brian Kelly comes in new coaching staff like you mentioned so then there's maybe a little bit of a change there in terms of the uh the offensive scheme and things yeah and this is a guy that we were talking about going into the year like we need to see something like a lot of his evaluation going into the into the year was traits based and that's fine i mean that's good like you that's that should take priority but at the same time you can't Man, man, you you have to perform yeah. at the college level for me to you know take you seriously if you're if you're talking about this guy is going to be a top 10 top 15 type nfl draft pick as a wide receiver like let's see something and i'm gonna you know week one you know working out the kinks and the quarterback sucks whatever whatever it, this is the kind of guy where we already identified production as a, as a question mark. And so now we're already seeing it 20 yards week one. So it's, it starts to really open up that conversation a bit more about, you know, why are we, why are we putting this guy with, with Jackson right now? Why is he
1: in that conversation right now? I get the traits, but come on. And, and yeah, he had six targets, but he really only had four catchable targets, which says something about the quarterback situation, and he dropped two of them. He caught two, dropped two, and it, it kind of is all summed up. He had the, the nice fourth down play, but it's summed up in a play that they, they showed a couple times late in that game where he ran a crosser, and he was wide open quarterback didn't hit him kind of pump faked it to him he quarterback was clean in the pocket was looking right at him pump faked it to him slid in the pocket Kayshawn gets to the end of his route. sits down in the zone and then he gets the ball thrown to him and Kayshawn just drops it he's like I I don't know like I I understand you're supposed to get the ball at a certain time but you need to be able to you know quarterbacks have to adjust wide receivers have to adjust too you, you Once you sit down in that zone, you got to be ready to, to get hit because somebody's coming for you, especially when you're working the inside of the field and when you're in the slot like Booty is a lot of the time. Uh, man, the the announcers kept calling him Booty. Kayshawn Booty was making me so mad. You can't get it right, man. You guys can't get it right. You're ESPN ABC announcers, but Kayshawn – just that that was a bad drop and it led to them using a lot of the time on that clock that was so valuable in that late drive and it, it was it was just a, a tough game for butte
0: i'm making a call home for those announcers
1: yeah me i call for their job <laughs> <laughs> i'll be i'll be negative towards announcers i don't care the players you know they deserve the benefit of the doubt announcers if i can get kashaun butte's name right so can you
0: they're making they're making a lot of money. Let's yeah. let's get the names right.
1: That's what I'm saying.
0: But um well, all right, I'm making a call home and it's very very similar to what we just talked about with Boote, my number 2 wide receiver in this class. And I had some harsh words to say. You know, that's not to say that I don't still love Kayshawn, but tough love, you know. And that that's what I'm doing here. I'm making the call home for Quentin Johnston. Because just like what we talked about with Butte, the TCU quarterbacks are horrendous. And honestly, so we talked about Max Duggan or whatever. He was the guy last year. And then it's like, oh, he's coming back. And then yeah. I started to I, – I watched the game on Friday because it was the only game on at 9 p.m. on Friday. And I have no life, so I'm watching the game. And – um they're talking about the fact that TCU is going to be using like three quarterbacks this year. And I'm like, well, I'm not surprised because <laughs> max sucks. <laughs> that sorry, always max. works. That always seems yeah. out working out well. So the, I, I didn't, I didn't jot down the guy who played most of the snaps in this one. Um, but he was out there. And I mean, there's a reason why this is a competition between three guys. These are not players that are, Delivering the rock in effective ways, but just it is so frustrating to watch these talents on uh, terrible offenses. And kind of like Butte, I mean, very similar. Three receptions on six targets for twenty-two yards for Quentin Johnson. And this is a you know this is a guy where he's going to be the spotlight for this TCU team. And and he is a guy that just by the by the product of his stature is going to be a really hot name this year. I mean, he's my number 3 wide receiver heading into the season. And if you search his name right now on on Google and you look at the news tab, you're going to see a lot of articles like the NFL, you know, the number one, uh, you know, NFL wide receiver prospect to keep your eyes on this year's stuff. Because he's 6'4", and he's fast as hell. He's a he's a freak prototype player. But then there's going to be weeks like this. Like, we talked about the Kansas State week from last year as this horrific, horrific performance. And that's what we're dealing with already here. They're going up against Colorado. I mentioned that it was kind of a, you know, more significant test for for the team on the road opening the season and Quentin Johnson has 22 yards. So will we even get to see him do what his skill set says that he can do or will he be limited
1: uh by the by the quarterback play. Right. And yeah, Chandler Morris is our other quarterback for TCU. Mm. Uh didn't didn't play well. I mean, like you said well, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. That's the famous saying. And if you have three, you definitely don't have one. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's – I, I kind of mentioned this on a on a previous episode where I was talking about how wide receiver is a very dependent position. You need a lot of things to go right to have a big game. And especially for an outside rec- – like a big outside receiver, you you can't have a, a – Poor. You can't have poor quarterback play. You can't have defenses levy against you, and you can't have like a not so great offensive line to be successful as a big fast receiver. If if you think about like the the first one that pops in my mind is like DK Metcalf. the The reason he's so good, and we'll see if he can continue doing it with a bad quarterback and a bad old line, was because he had a great quarterback that could. Buy him time to get downfield and use his tools. And if Quentin Johnston doesn't have the opportunity to use the tools that he has, it, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter and you'll you might see a couple games like this and that that might put a, a sour taste in your mouth. But this this wasn't a game like Boutes where Johnston was also playing poorly because he, he didn't play bad. I mean he just didn't have a ton of opportunity.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it's kind of the chicken and the egg thing. I mean with these games where it's like we're looking at top NFL players, and it's like you know this guy we're expecting this guy to to look great this year. He's going to perform. Like I said, it's not all about the box score. It's not all about the stats. It's about the traits. But at the same time, like if you have NFL traits, you should be dominating against most competition in college. And so it's one of those things where it's like okay, well he's twenty two yards. So how much of that is on the quarterback? and how much of that is on him, How you know, how much of it is on X, Y, Z, like, there's, like you said, there's a lot of factors that go into it, but at the same time, like, you can't make excuses either for these guys, so it's like, when you see 22 yards, 22, if this continues, this is a trend where he's not able to really take over, regardless of the position, I mean, like, a a, a little bit of it a little bit at least has to fall on his shoulders a bit and i mean you talk about receiving grade pff 59.2 it's not great it's not great so however you know whatever goes into that evaluation is certainly on a little bit on the shoulders of the player themselves and according to them yeah it wasn't a it wasn't a great week for him and that's why we're calling home you gotta. That's why we're calling home.
1: You know, it, at the end of the day, you're the player. You got to perform, and if you want to improve yeah. your draft stock, you got to be the guy.
0: The call home is not like, "Hey, this guy's leaving camp." You no. know, like the Butte and Johnson are firmly in my top five. Nothing. We're not overreacting here. Nothing's changing, but it is a call home to say, "Listen, this, this, you know they they were not playing well this week." Yeah, they're not
1: up to our standards. Not up to no. camp dynasty standards. No, and you want to know something else? I, I the chicken and the egg question it's not confusing. It's 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 not a mystery. It's the egg has to come first because where does the chicken come from? The chicken has to hatch out of the egg. What are we talking about?
0: Well, even if, if it, the-
1: even if a different species lays the egg, the chicken comes out of the egg. Like a different genus, you know, a, a evolution of the chicken, a pre-evolution. If the chicken hatches, it's still a chicken coming out of an egg. The egg has to come first. A chicken doesn't just spawn.
0: I just envisioned a counterpoint to that, and then I saw us 15 minutes later screaming at each other I, on the. No,
1: I, I want to <laughs> I, I hear the counterpoint. I don't. Well, I
0: I don't know. I I'm to me, it's like, well, if the where did the chicken come from? You know, did it evolve from something? Okay, so how did the chicken start? So did it come out? Did the evolved version of the chicken come out of the egg, or did the chicken? No, I I don't know. I see this is why I'm like I'm tying my I'm I have no capacity for this. I'm coming off of 5 days of watching college football. You're asking me, you know, existential you questions about you life. You brought
1: up the chicken in the egg and I'm I just telling was you
0: that sh- just using an analogy. <laughs> the I chicken, wasn't expecting philosophical the, discourse to philo- come from it's it. It's
1: It's just it's science. <laughs> the chicken it's, comes out of the egg.
0: That's all you need to know. It's science. <laughs> the egg came first you heard it here on camp dynasty it had to come first there's no way it didn't (laughs) all right well that is uh that is the week one portion complete with your you know answer to existential questions we've got the camper of the week the badges the idps the call home that's that's the fun we're going to be having every week here that's what we're doing now um so that's week one very very exciting week obviously spanning from thursday to monday there's games on tonight even whatever um but yeah so that's week one and now we move into it week two so quick shout out some of the games here to to keep your eyes on we're not going to be you know doing a deep preview on these games but um games to watch so number one number one ranked alabama going up against Bijan Robinson's Texas Longhorns baby that is eleven am
1: Saturday on Fox i I can't wait to see Bijan tested against this kind of a defense and I mean it'll it'll be nice to see all of the the fun toys at Alabama you know that's uh, there's nothing there that is like new I guess where you're going to see a bunch of guys that are like <laughs> round one NFL talent going against a bunch of guys that are not. Uh, but, yeah, we'll be able to see, you know, Jermaine Burton, who had a nice game we didn't get a chance to mention, Jameer Gibbs we didn't mention either, Bryce Young, all had very nice games last week, as we expected. And we'll we'll see that again, and then we get to see Bijan go up against that, that really good Alabama defense that we'll, we'll see if he tests them because I'm I'm very excited to see that. Yeah, we didn't talk about any Crimson
0: Tide players this week, but, you know, a lot of excitement. We mentioned it. Very exciting to see how guys do. Jermaine Burton had two touchdowns in his debut. Jameer Gibbs, 93 yards, I think. So, yeah, very excited to see a non-Utah State situation for those guys. And then, like you said, Bijan going up against uh, Will Anderson in the Crimson Tide defense. Um, second game keeping an eye on we teased it way earlier in the show number 20 kentucky wildcats led by will levis potentially top quarterback prospect in the class certainly two of our or our top quarterback one of our top quarterbacks against another one of our top quarterbacks your camper of the week anthony richardson and the florida gators that is 6 p.m on espn
1: yeah this this is another one that I is going to be a must-watch for me. This is something I'm gonna have to be eyes glued on the screen because these are uh, two of my top five, uh, two of my top three
0: campers. Uh,
1: but no, uh, Anthony Richardson, I just I just love watching him play. Levis, a, a guy we didn't talk about, but played a, a awesome game and his he looks like he's showing improvement and so see if he stays on that track and the Gators look like they are a a good like whole team complete team
0: yeah huge win over Utah number seven ranked like we said so that's that's major another opportunity here already in the SEC and Levis I had him as my number three guy but that didn't mean I didn't have some doubts about him and I'd like to see him continue the path that he started last week um, especially next week in a premier primetime showdown with uh, Anthony Richardson and the Gators. Um, another game, six p.m. on Saturday. This one on CBS Sports Network. It's my guy, my camper of the week, uh, Sean Tucker and Syracuse Orange up against UConn, the Huskies. Why are we highlighting this? Well, Sean Tucker on one side. How about Nathan Carter on the other side? Two top running backs in college football. Can Nathan Carter put himself on the the Camp Dynasty map alongside of the, the premier talent of Sean Tucker?
1: Yeah, he Nathan Carter, if uh, you don't know, had 20 rushes for 190 yards last week against uh, Utah State. So this is uh, somebody you might want to keep an eye on going forward. Uh, already has 313 yards and a touchdown on the season as they played in week zero as well so uh, yeah Sean Tucker might be must-see television this year might be kind of like I I won't invoke the the names of past but some of the more electric runners that have come out in the past
0: definitely and if you weren't already busy enough at the 6 p.m block of games on Saturday night How about the the premier game of the evening 630 on ABC number 14 USC Trojans against the Stanford Cardinal. This is Caleb Williams Jordan Addison going up against Tanner McKee another top quarterback prospect this year that I don't think we've really talked about here on this show. And then uh, some of his guys too, Benjamin Erosek, guy we did talk about. So a lot of names to watch. primetime, ABC.
1: This will be fun. Kale Williams and Addison had a had a great connection going last week. Uh, so see if they can keep that going. Williams was great on the ground as well. This is this 2024 camp uh, is is going to be interesting with Caleb Williams heading the group.
0: Absolutely. And I'm ready to move Jordan Addison up in my rankings anytime now. Two <laughs> touchdowns this week, huh? Yeah. Maybe yeah. next week. Maybe next week's the week. I don't know.
1: Yeah.
0: Anyway. Uh so that is that's the week two slate. Obviously there's a lot more, but those are the four games. We'll probably do about four or five every week. Um, just to keep your eyes out for and uh so yeah, excited for that. Um and that's it, right? That's yeah, all we I, got for week uh, one, week two.
1: Yeah, we got uh Georgia Tech and Clemson closing out the week. They're actually playing right now. They're in the first quarter, so right. Uh, we'll Ooh, be Clemson. Uh, yeah, we have a an IDP uh, talent on that Clemson team. Can't think of his name off the top of my head because I'm, Miles uh, Murphy. There we go, Miles Murphy. I was going to say bad, bad host here, uh, but. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) I'm excited to to see how they play out because he should have a pretty dominant game against Georgia Tech, who we were roasting their O-line when we were talking about Jameer Gibbs. So hopefully Murphy has a big game.
0: Also, quickly wanted to shout something out for week two. Uh, Weird game, but I got to mention this. Army and UTSA. Why am I talking about this? UTSA quarterback Frank Harris. Might have put himself on the radar last week against the Houston Cougars, 24th ranked. Yeah. Took him to triple overtime, I think. And he, he was had- making some major plays. As Keel Pro was highlighting him on the timeline, and I'm sitting there like, who the hell is this guy? Well, now he's going up against Andre Carter's Army Yep. next week. So a couple of guys there.
1: Yeah, Harris had some big-time throws, like – big time big balls throws in that game
0: yeah so that's uh didn't bring him up at all but i wanted to quickly shout him out because he you know we we noticed you frank we do not you know do not fear your there's name so is many, on our radar here so so many guys there's <laughs> a lot of guys <laughs> it's hard it's really hard There's was about 50 other guys i could have talked about this week but we're gonna cut it there we're yeah. gonna keep it easy on the folks and uh Yeah, so that's that, and we only have one order of business left. It is everybody's favorite segment, Campfire Stories.
1: Did you catch the uh, LSU-Florida State game last night? I didn't catch it. Oh, well, great, because I I have a campfire story for you. I love that. So I was, I was watching this game in bed, you know, I was, I was cozied up at the end of the night, and I was like, yeah, let's throw on some college football, because that's what I do now, apparently. Uh, and I was you know, watching this game, and I was like, what a weird game. I was hoping to see some Just uh, hoping to see some booty, if you're talking to the, the, <laughs> the announcers there. No, I was hoping to see some, some booty, and it was, it was not pretty. And I was like, all right, well, well, we'll see see how this is going. And it was just a, a crazy game. There was a, a blocked field goal at one point, and then LSU came down and scored, uh, got the stop on Florida State. Florida State punted it back to LSU. They muffed the punt, and so I turned it off because there was, like, I think 40 seconds left. And LSU muffed a punt, so Florida State was on about like the three-yard line going into the end zone. And so I was like, well, they're going to either kneel it out here or just score. So I turned the game off. And then I I checked to just check Butte's game stats just to see if I missed anything. And it said LSU had the ball. I was like, what the fuck? So I went back in, went back in to look at the game, and I was like, oh, LSU does have the ball. What happened? And apparently Florida State attempted a pitch and lost the ball to LSU, and then LSU drove down, and then LSU got a – and then they scored. LSU scored to make it 23-24. I shut the game off again, and I went to go do something because I was like, well, they're going to make the extra point. I can come back for overtime. And then they got the extra point blocked. And so I turned it back on, and everybody was celebrating for Florida State. I'm like, what happened? (laughs) What happened? And so uh, moral of the story is don't shut the game off just because you think – you. like I've watched so much football where it's like I assume this is what's going to happen. Just don't assume things. Watch the game. That is a great lesson. And honestly, you know, even more so
0: if you have a rooting interest in one of the teams. I'm uh, notorious for my team does something terrible and I say screw you guys and I shut the game off and then someone, you know, check the twitter and suddenly you know crazy things are happening i'm remembering a packers game not that long ago that this happened in tampa bay buccaneers playoff game shut the game off and they made it a a close game the second half just don't shut the game off just don't shut the game off yeah as
1: much as it hurts just just watch the game just see how it plays out. You never know when someone's going to fumble a snap, when someone's going to mess up an exchange, when an offensive coordinator is going to do some bone, make call a bonehead play. Your team gets an interception. It's it's everything's on the table. That's why we love ball.
0: That is why we love it. And hell yeah, man, a lot of fun endings to games this weekend. Uh, if you caught that Pitt West Virginia game, crazy game there, a lot of fun. Um, but I digress. Uh, how about this one? College football playoff. Yep. 12 teams. It's official. 2026 is the latest that it will possibly happen. So a little ways away. Four years. You know, Di- Camp Dynasty will be grizzled vets by this point already. But a um, lot of uh, conversation about this one, the 12-team playoff. So... You know, sitting here toasting some marshmallows, I guess, uh, not not even so much of a story for you, but what do you think about the twelve team playoff, man?
1: I I love it. I I love parody, I love the the stress of like the one and done playoff format and the upsets that could happen. Somebody was like, Yeah, we're just gonna see like Alabama delete a twelve seed or a six seed, whatever, and it's like, oh, sure, but you might not. (laughs) Like, what if they don't? Imagine that uh, a Cinderella run from a team that beats, like, Alabama and then Georgia or, like, something crazy like that where we have situations for crazy parity to happen now that that we didn't have the, the option for before. Well,
0: how about this? So the timing was exquisite because we get the announcement and we just so happen to have a 3-11 game on the docket this weekend and the 3-11 game between Georgia and Oregon (laughs) (laughs) is a pretty close close one nice little precursor for what we might see in a future (laughs) 12 team playoff Bulldogs blowing the doors off the Ducks and uh, proving their domination as defending champions but yeah, I just thought it was pretty funny timing on that one. Yeah, that's that's a fair
1: point. That's uh, adds to my fact that maybe give them the one seed, you don't <laughs> know that they're <laughs> yeah, going to be bad. Yeah. Come on, hey, you might have been on to something. That guy Bennett, Darnell deal.
0: Washington was he making crazy somebody. athletic plays. As Eric Gilbert wasn't even playing. It seemed a, like a, hey, whoa, whoa. so. It's <laughs> week one. It's week one. It's. it's okay. I know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna.
1: I'll Take overreact because my guy Darnell Washington's making the rounds on regular people's Facebook pages. That's it when is. you know that's that's going to be a household name. That's when you know that you've made it. Yeah, when you're on, like, some guy that has watched one college football game in the past <laughs> three years and he was like, oh, wow, this guy. Share that post. He's 6'7", 260, and he hurtled a guy and stiff-armed somebody. I, I'm telling you, it looks like the older brother at a cookout.
0: He really does. He really does. Um, but yeah. So, all right. That is. Uh, that's our time here at the campfire, and that is our time here for. I guess to call this a week one camp report, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Quippy little title. But that yeah. Good to so meet camp report. Camp report. We're here to report and look ahead and do all the things. But yeah. Uh, moral of the story. One week down in the college season, there's a lot of fun. There's a lot of fun to be had over the next few months watching these players, getting pumped up. And I can already feel, We. I think I even mentioned this, maybe it was our first ever episode where I'm like, well, how is this going to feel in 10 months from now when after a season's worth of watching these guys, it's time to send them off and start the 2023 year? I'm already like dreading it i'm like so in zach evans and the the boys and all the guys you know all the all the players like we're only week one and i'm already sitting here like man i just want more time
1: i don't think it's gonna be as hard for the people like like bijan and jsn where it already feels like they're bonafide dynasty like guys yeah but for the people like uh, sean tucker where you kind of bring him up as a sleeper to start, and then he starts catching on. Uh, Someone like Zach Evans, uh, again, another guy that might be coming out and not in the national eye, and we kind of champion him early, and then he becomes a a household name. It's going to be harder for, for those kind of people. Yes,
0: that's that's exactly it. Those are the babies. Those are the you know everybody. Bijan, JSN, yeah, that, that's fine. They came into camp. We we already knew that. The babies, the ones that came up through the system, that's the ones right there. But yeah, so like I said, a lot of fun, a lot of time left with these guys. We're gonna enjoy it. But uh, yeah, had fun this week. Looking forward to next week. And as always. Thanks for stopping by Camp Dynasty, and have a great week.